Hello and welcome back to A Sprinkle of Disney. You're tuning in to our 10th episode. 10? I can't. I'm excited that we have 10 episodes. When I we know. started, 10 felt so far away. And I can't believe that. So we're recording it on a Monday. So it's December tomorrow. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. it is. So you'll be listening to it in December anyway, lovely listeners. But it's crazy to think that it's like December and we started this in July. July, yeah. Like, that's crazy. It's yeah, it's so cool to say that we've done ten episodes, but well, about to have done oh, yeah. ten episodes. We will have done when you listen. Yeah. <laughs> um and that we've managed to like keep it going and that we've some people are still listening. Yeah, that's the main thing. <laughs> It'd be a bit sad if we got to episode ten and we it had no listeners. Actually, let's check. I was gonna say let's just check now because I was thinking about this before. If I go into our all time stats, mm-hmm. um we do love how many stats. we do love our stats to be fair. So if we go into all time and we mm. look at how many, so our first episode has had 86 listens. No. Oh yeah. I didn't realise it was that high. Yeah. That's yeah. so close to 100. I know. Maybe. Oh. Maybe by the end of the year we can hit 100 on episode one. That would be quite cool. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Oh. So we just were so excited to have reached this. Like, it's a, and again, it's another milestone for us. I'm so thankful for everyone who keeps listening. Clearly, all 86 of you that listen to number one. That's amazing. Uh, just while we ramble on about Disney. It's not particularly <laughs> profound, is it really? No. <laughs> you must all be really bored in lockdown. Not really <laughs> um, I'm really excited today because um, we are back around the cycle again and we are yeah. back onto our next Disney classic series um, episode, which we know that you all love as much as we do. Uh, they're our most popular episodes when we do our film reviews. So yeah. Um, yeah, so we're happy to be on 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 the next one. Is this that's our third one now? This isn't is it? our, our third, third classics. One. Yeah. Um, but I think it's like our fifth film one. Yeah, because we've done a couple of like Disney Plus ones yeah. and films, which you've also enjoyed. So yeah, so we yeah. we're, we're gauging which ones you like. So hopefully today will be um, today has definitely been an enlightening one for me. The film, mm-hmm. which Rosie's going to tell you, what we're going to we'll talk about now. Yeah, but it's definitely <laughs> a little bit like out of our usual ballpark. So definitely. I'm excited. Day. yeah i think it's definitely one of our favorite episodes to record it's definitely my favorite episode to record the, the film ones are the best yeah. yeah definitely i think because we're quite modern disney gals so mm-hmm. we don't really listen to or watch the old ones as regularly no. but it's no. been quite nice for us to go back and watch them um, definitely yes and speaking yeah. of that if you missed our first and second disney classic episodes if you head back to episode two that's when we talk about snow white in all of its glory or lack of i highly recommend that one to be fair <laughs> that's a banging episode yeah, it's hilarious <laughs> as if we started <laughs> with that one like, obviously we had to because it's the first one yeah but our reviews were something so enjoy mm-hmm. and then if you head back to episode six you get the glorious pinocchio review which is on par it's equally to be fair <laughs> it's equally as, as entertaining because we weren't a fan of that one either yes so yes you're you're establishing that we are definitely modern disney girls mm-hmm. like katie said <laughs> but we still watch them and we still get something from it and we'll yeah. have something positive to say about them and we'll learn yeah. something so yes but today though we bring you something very different to snow white and pinocchio in my opinion oh fantasia my. Good um, Lord. <laughs> this one is quite different to your usual disney film um in many many ways but mm-hmm. one of the most different parts of it is, is split into segments so it's not just a long feature length film it's a feature length film that is split up into the segments it's so long rosie i can't cope with how long this film is yes so it's um over two hours um which shook us both a bit when we we loaded it on disney plus and we were like interesting this he is very like white was long 
think again. I was like, for its time, two hours is hefty. I was oh. like, what were these people doing? Like, were they Honestly. not working? Um, Clearly not. But, but another main difference is that there's not really much dialogue. There's tiny, tiny parts. But... There's speeches, aren't there? But there's yeah. no dialogue. No. Really. No, so that's a huge difference from Snow White mm-hmm. and Pinocchio. So, of course, as usual, we'll be discussing our thoughts on the film overall, but specifically the music, because this one's very music-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, animation, because, again, it's all about music and animation combined in this one, so we'll have a lot of discussion about that. And then, of course, the segments themselves, because there are eight different segments, which Katie will go into in a yes. bit more detail soon. And then, of course, everyone's favourite part, um, <laughs> we will give the film our racing out. Oh, iconic. Disney film ratings yeah so if you're new here uh, every time we do one of these Disney classic episodes we review the film and give it a rating out of 10 um, I'd recommend watching the snow watching listening watching. to the you snow can, you white you can watch if you want but it will be the same picture the whole way through <laughs> yeah I'd recommend listening to those ones just to hear our scores honestly um, it's worth yeah. it just for that but yeah, yeah so basically we'll be deciding whether it's a good film or not and whether we would watch it again or recommend it so yeah let's get stuck in please stand clear of the doors por favor manténganse alejado de las puertas well, our first Disney fun fact of Ooh. the episode this one's quite a long one so bear with us but it is a good one so <laughs> Walt Disney envisioned Fantasia as a sensory film going experience sight and sound to be sure but Walt wanted more he dreamed of producing this extraordinary film with extraordinary effects such as 3D specifically for the Toccata and Fugue I don't know if that's right, but that's the one with the abstract shape sequence. And he also envisioned filming the entire movie in widescreen. The ever innovative Impressiaro even hopes to introduce olfactory effects such as wafting perfume through the theatre as the wildflowers dance during the Nutcracker Suite segment, whilst Tukowski suggested gunpowder as a powerful what? scent for the sorceress spell casting. That's such a Disney thing. It is. He wanted to like make it basically 4D, really, because he wanted wow. like the whole like sensory thing with the smells, and then he wanted to make it in 3D. He was very ambitious. Which of it course... sounds like what they they seem to take that for. If anyone's been on Fella Magic in um, mm. New World or any of the Disney parks, mm-hmm. where it's very music focused and it is like it's like a 4D situation, it sounds like they've taken the idea and made yeah. that into the and developed it in the parks, which is really cool. Um, we should also say now that we are definitely going to butcher some um yes because i had no idea how to say that (laughs) in this episode so i apologize in advance it is hard to say to be fair um so yes so yeah so we're going into segment one we're gonna um if you've listened to what was before in our film um, episodes you'll know that we kind of give you a background um into the um context of the the movie um, and there's some reviews as well so um Here's one of my classic summaries <laughs> of the film. I don't know how to do this one, to be honest. This one's really hard. So the film... <sighs> the plot. There isn't really a plot. No. Um, the way I like to see it, I think it's better if you think of it as like eight shorts mm-hmm. put together. I think it's a better way to think of it. Because to be fair, it's not It's not a film. It's not a film. Like, no. in the way that we would normally appreciate a film mm-hmm. um, so the way it's set up is it's meant to be an appreciation for music um, and kind of how images and music blend together on screen to create this big experience and um, the fact that you don't need words the fact yeah. that you don't kind of need like one long story the fact that music tells a story and it's really cool um, so the idea for me the idea is really cool yeah experiencing it is another thing we'll talk about that later so um 
it starts really um, uniquely, I think, it kind of starts with like the band coming in, the band prepping and setting themselves up with the orchestra. Um, and then it has um, like narration in between each segment, um, a kind of explanation of the music, of the story. Um, and then there's eight different segments, which I'm going to talk about more in a second, throughout the film. So you have like um, intro, a segment, an intro segment, and it goes on like that. Um, it's also split into two halves. So there's four segments and then a weird interval for all the band leave. <laughs> which no one needed. <laughs> it's very strange but that's like when they show the actual title screen for the film as well it's all a bit bizarre yeah um, and then they make a big deal of like all of the orchestra coming back and setting up it's very strange um it, it definitely feels more like a ballet or like an mm. opera set up mm. than an actual uh, film um but technically it is a feature film as we said it's just over two hours i think it's like two hours six minutes technically yeah. um so this is why it's so different to disney's previous films because there isn't that ongoing plot um it doesn't have dialogue. It doesn't have um, repetitive characters in it. It's that it, they're all individual stories. Um, so I'm going to talk you through the eight different animated segments because what is really interesting is actually I think I knew most of the music sets mm. anyway. Um, it's very classical music. So I'm going to scrub this up. So there's eight. So the first one um, is it's called Takata and Fugu. Fugu, Fugi, in D minor by uh, Johann Sebastian Bach um, is the first one. That's the one, um, that one with the fairies, Rosie, or is that the one with the colour? the one with the abstract shapes. That's it. So that's, this one was bizarre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So it's just lots of abstract st- shapes on screen. We then move into one of my favourite pieces of music ever, the Nutcracker. Mine the, too. The Nutcracker <laughs> Suite by Piotr Ilrich Tchaikovsky. Very well um, pronounced. Thank you. <laughs> um, I love the music from the Nutcracker, um, and mm-hmm. it's lovely because it has the um, it's like the, this is where we kind of have more classical anima- animation. So we yeah. have dancing mushrooms. I think the fairies are in that one, aren't they? Yeah, we have the fairies in there. Um, I'll just talk about it in a second because we're a bit shocked because they've got no clothes on. Um, mm-hmm. so that's number two. Uh, then number three is our favourite one. I think uh, yeah. it's the Source of the Apprentice, which um, and with the music by. Uh, Paul Dukas and this is the one that's got um, Mickey basically Sorcerer Mickey comes from this film yeah um, so there's that one and it's quite famous because it's got like the master in it who's called the Yen Sid which is Disney backwards so people quite often see it as a representation of yeah, Walt Disney himself which is really cool yeah we then have Rite of Spring which I am actually familiar with I studied this at uni um by Igor Stravinsky and this is um uh, about dinosaurs and about kind of how dinosaurs came to be and then how they became extinct mm-hmm then we have the intermission, um, which then has a really, it's quite cool. You, you, you meet a character called the soundtrack. So it's mm. the idea of the soundtrack as a character within the, the film, which is really cool. But again, it's quite abstract on screen. Um, and then number six is called The Pastoral Symphony by Ludwig van Beethoven. Got a lovely Beethoven piece. Mm. Um, it's got female centaurs. It's all about like centaurs and um, like Cupid and stuff like that. Um, it's very, that's very like a Renaissance painting style, I think. Yeah. Um, then number seven is Dance of the Hours by Amilcar Pon- Poncielli. Um, nice. th- thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's Italian. I'm going to go with it Italian. Is. I'm sure it is. Um, yeah. Um, Dance of the Hours. That's the one with the, the hippos and the crocodiles. The ballet. It's the ballet yeah. of the, the different times of the day. Yeah. Uh, mm. Hippos and crocodiles is how I'm going to categorise it. And then <laughs> it ends really dramatically with um, two different um, musical pieces. So number eight is Night on Bald Mountain by Modest Musogorsky. Um, but then we also have the classic Ave Maria at the end as well. Um, mm. 
just that classic song, uh, which is a bit, that's the one that has like uh, Chernobog, the really famous like villain with the massive wings and the fire. Yeah. It's a bit much. It so is. that's, they don't kind of tie in together. They don't um, cross over. There's not, it's not like one person kind of jumps between them all. Like if you listen to our Pinocchio episode, we talk about how it's quite episodic in the fact that nothing really matches up, but Pinocchio mm. and the characters kind of filter through. Yeah. This is very different. They're all individual episodes. Um, so that's why I like to see it more. I think you enjoy it more if you look at it as eight different shorts. Yeah, as like standalone um, pieces yeah. that you could watch individually. Yeah. Instead of approaching it as a two-hour film. Because I think when you approach it as a two-hour film, it's very overwhelming. Yes. And underwhelming sure. as well. Well, yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, yes. So, it's a, so they're the eight different segments. It's conducted by Leopold Stowowski, Um, And seven of those um, pieces are performed by the Philadelphia Orchestra. Um, and it's quite cool because they have like a master of ceremonies in it as well, uh, which is uh, the music critic and composer, um, James Taylor, which is really cool because he, he kind of gives you... Um, and a summary overview of what's to come so even if you're not like the most musical person or you're not mm. kind of into things without dialogue it gives you an idea of what's coming and what's going to happen and um, so this isn't as succinct as my usual summary <laughs> but it's hard this one to summarize because there isn't really a story yeah it's more about the structure and the style this film. yeah I think there's more to say about that for this mm-hmm. film than the actual film itself because there isn't really a plot like yeah. you said so I think that was a very good summary, personally. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was enjoying my... I'm going to go back and listen to this for my Italian pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then, again, like I was just saying, there's more to say about the format um, of the film, really, than the actual film itself. Mm-hmm. And that kind of aligns with the reviews and the awards and the that reception that this film has had. Because at first glance, this film is held in very high esteem, um, obviously, Mickey Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey is like iconic. He's everywhere in all the Disney parks. He's also probably the first Mickey you think of as well. I know there's classic yeah. Mickey, but I I still think I think of him with the wizard's hat on. I think because of the wizard hat. With, why can't I speak today? Because <laughs> the wizard's hat, uh, or the sorcerer, should we say the sorcerer's yes. hat? Yes. Is um was obviously the sign for Hollywood Studios for a really long mm. time. So yeah. I think it's kind of become synonymous with the idea of like of Mickey Mouse and like mm. and Disney. So I think that's probably why is that for some reason they used that hat yeah. for so long. Um, I think Walt was really proud of this film. So I think yeah. that's probably why they, they used that symbol to do with like mm-hmm. Hollywood Studios and the from back when it was MGM Studios in Florida. Um, because I yeah. think I imagine for Walt, this really summarised what he wanted film to be. Definitely. Um, so in terms of things like reviews, um, at the moment on Rotten Tomatoes, this film has got 95% from the critics. So that's very high. That is really high. I think, yeah, very boldly high. But then the audience score is a bit less. So that's 83%. That makes complete um, sense. And yeah, that seems a bit more realistic, I think. It, let's be honest. It's a film for the critics. It's, it's not a yeah. film to be sat no. and enjoyed over and over again for nostalgia. No. It's a it's a film that's showing off <laughs> yeah like if it was on netflix it'd be one of the ones that appears in the critics choice category yeah. you know when you see that like it would definitely yeah. be sat in that section um and then obviously we always look at imdb score as well of um, and on there it got 7.7 out of 10 yeah. which again i think that's a bit more realistic than the 95 percent yeah um but this film actually won eight awards which eight? is a lot yeah i was quite surprised but they're really kind of they like out there awards yeah they are yeah. they're like kind of awards that can only have been achieved for like films like this because it's yeah. like 
a new thing you know so they, they kind of make awards for these sort of things of i feel like so basically it was ranked fifth at the 1940 national board of review awards in the top 10 films category so that was a really obviously bearing in mind this film came out in 1940 these sort of awards are huge because it mm-hmm. marks the success of disney and in its kind of infancy as well because this is oh the, yeah it's i only, forgot that it's sorry third. i normally give the year sorry it's 1940 <laughs> it's okay <laughs> it's fine um, sorry everyone <laughs> So obviously this is the third feature length film so disney is very much trying to prove itself at this point so to be winning yeah. these awards so early on is great um so yeah that's one of yeah. them especially because um, i read that at this point snow white was like booming yes. at this point it'd become like yeah. a blockbuster film so i think mm-hmm. at this point they were under pressure again like we said in in, in, snow, in the snow white episode mm-hmm. and with pinocchio i think they're under pressure to consistently produce high quality work definitely yeah and i think that shows with what the reception of this film was like actually so another thing that they won so disney and stakowski won a special award for the film at the 1940 new york film critics circle awards it's quite a mouthful of an award um and it was also subject to two academy 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 (laughs) honorary (laughs) awards wow um for two different reasons so one was for the outstanding contribution to the advancement of the use of sound in a motion picture okay fair (laughs) as entertainment as an art form the other one was for the creation of a new form of visualized music in fantasia thereby widening the scope of the motion picture as entertainment and as an art form so you see what i mean like it it slots straight into these awards and obviously these awards honorary so they were made for made for the film but still very very like high praise for your third feature-length film for disney oh yeah so then what I've got is reception from the time. So I found some um, reviews from around 1940. And then I've also got some from around like the 2000s to kind of compare yeah, like what the reception is now to what it was like then. So I've got positive and negative. So I'm not biased. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Bosley Crowther, interesting name, from New York Times in 1940. So the year this came out, mm-hmm. I'm believing it's actually the day after because he Ooh. says... Motion picture history was made last night. Fantasia dumps conventional formulas overboard and reveals the scope of films for imaginative excursion. Fantasia is simply terrific. So that is very high praise. Yeah. And that was the day after they saw it at the premiere, I'm guessing. Wow. Um, so it's also really cool. I love reading reviews of like films when they've just yeah. come out. Um, so yeah, obviously high regards from him. Then we've got Edwin Shellert from Los Angeles Times in 1941. Um, he said that Fantasia is caviar to the general and ambrosia and nectar for the intelligentsia. It makes no That's compromises. I know they're big words. It makes no compromises. It is the noblest experiment of a wizard and its bright field of artistry and creativeness. Oh my god, that was too many words. Sorry. It's, it's very like that summarizes this film, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the whole pretentious thing. Yeah. I feel like yeah. So again, very high praise from the recent times. But then we have, in contrast to that, we have some people who didn't think the film lived up to Disney's previous success with Snow White and Pinocchio. So Dorothy Thompson from the New York Herald Tribune on November the 25th, 1940, very specific information, <laughs> um, was particularly harsh towards the film. Oh. Um, and she claimed that she left the theatre in a condition bordering on a nervous breakdown. Oh. <laughs> because the film was a remarkable nightmare. Wow. Wow. Yes. That's a so, claim. It is, it is. Um, 
So, yeah, I feel like that's quite harsh. I don't think it's quite that bad. <laughs> wouldn't say it. Well, to be fair, the last segment is a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, that's definitely a, a nightmare. traumatic way. But yeah. I don't think it's... No. I think there must have been other things going on um, in think, Dorothy's um, life. <laughs> Dorothy's clearly <laughs> having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what, what we found when I was researching is that actually a lot of the negative reviews come from musicians or music uh, critics. Interesting. So Benjamin de Casser from the New York Journal, an American, said that the film, the film brings great music down to the level of jazz. Oh. Which I feel like that's insulting for jazz. Well, well. yeah. <laughs> Musicians like to insult jazz, to be fair. Mm. I think because it's because obviously jazz is less structured than other music forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It tends to be used as an insult, which is really sad. It is sad. Um, but yeah, that that I feel like kind of I think that's also an insult to the musicians because it's really difficult mm-hmm. pieces that they're playing. So I think that is quite insulting. Yeah. So again, I think Benjamin probably um you know what? I think Benjamin just needs to lie down. I think Benjamin's <laughs> yeah. annoyed. He wasn't asked to play in that orchestra. I think, yeah, it was bitter. That's what it was. <laughs> Bitterness. Resentment against bitter Benjamin <laughs> against the film because he wasn't asked to be in it. So, I know. so yeah, that was kind of the reception from the time. So, um, I should also mention that it did really well in the box office, actually. Um, so, despite it being a slow burner, gradually over time, it built up a box office accumulation of eighty-four million. Oh, wow. um, which for a film from 1940s yeah. is incredible. It was a slow burner though because of the context. So we had the World War going on during that time. So again, that has knock-on effects to whether people are actually going to go and see films mm. if that's their priority and stuff like that. Um, so despite that, it was still a box office success um, over time, and obviously it's grown a, quite a big legacy since then. Um, so its current reception. So in 1990, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically or aesthetically significant. So that's like I I researched this because I didn't actually know what it meant, Mm -hmm. but it basically means that they like think this film is that excellent that they must like hold on to it at all costs and it should always be considered as an excellent film um, for those reasons mentioned. So that sounds pretty like a pretty big deal um so clearly even now it's received pretty well um and like i said it's regarded as one of the highest grossing films of all time um with 83 million at the box office so that's again impressive um so then we've got a couple of reviews more recent ones this is actually from this year so um a user from imdb said that although this film is evidently different from other disney features this film follows a format similar to a concert rather than telling one whole story yeah is arguably of Walt Disney's best best works and a pinnacle in the animation genre, along with other Disney features released at the time, like Snow White and Pinocchio. So yeah, I, I agree with that because that's what we've yeah. been saying. Like it isn't it isn't like one whole story like Pinocchio and Snow White. It is these segments or like episodic things that kind of yeah. stand alone, which makes it different, but clearly they think it matches up. Well, especially because when you look at the release date, so Pinocchio was actually released in the same year as Fantasia. Mm. Pinocchio was released in February, yeah, um, and Fantasia was released in November. So mm. I suppose, well, at the time, if you've kind of made two feature-length films that are um, plot-based, character-based, mm. based on fairy tales, um, you're going to want to experiment a little bit. So I guess it makes sense that they were releasing two in the same year. So they thought, yeah. let's try. Um, and again, you know, if you listen to our um, both Snow White and Pinocchio, we talk about the impact of um, 
the world war and the yeah. same thing happened again i was reading here the fact that fantasia was actually released as a theatrical road show um mm. instead of like a full box office release initially um so it went to like different broadway theaters first um because it failed to make a profit initially because of yeah. world war ii because they couldn't send it to the european market so again it was like it was re-released several times a bit like pinocchio yeah and even snow white had that as well yeah. initially so it can, I just read there, if you were like factor in for inflation, it's the 24th highest grossing film of all time in the yeah, US. That's, that's insane. Insane. Like that just shows how much people love it like now. And he, it's so. different, isn't it? I think that's the thing is, you mm. know, we'll talk in a bit about whether we'd watch it again, but mm. it's different. I think it stands you, out. Whether you would watch it again or enjoy the film, I think you, you can't ignore the impact, the cultural impact mm. it must have had at the time because it's so different. Yeah, you have to appreciate how abstract and experimental and yeah. how revolutionary and brave it was, yeah, it was to release this because, you know, <laughs> they were on a path of success. They obviously had like Snow White, although Pinocchio didn't do as well as Snow White initially. Yeah. It did pick up mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they were on a, they're on to a winner. So mm-hmm. it was really brave in their third film to basically go a bit rogue and yeah. do something completely different because this, if this hadn't been received well, it could have marked the end, really. It could have closed Disney, Disney down films. Yeah. forever basically so so very brave so yeah and then just to make sure we're not biased a couple of less positive reviews from uh the 2000s so in 2000 empire magazine said that this film is a very patchy affair while some of the animated pieces work others come across as downright insane i have to agree i have to agree to be fair i can't lie the animation is beautiful (laughs) yeah some of it i'm like what's going on yeah, and then um, someone on IMDb this year said, some great moments, but this thing is long in capitals. <laughs> Most yeah. of the animations meander around aimlessly. Kind of yeah. agree with that. Just not all that interesting most of the time. <laughs> I feel I, this. I agree. And I think when we look at, you know, when we talked about Snow White and we talked about mm. the idea of, like, the level of detail that they put into the background and the fact that Snow White was slow yeah. because they had, like, random scenes in there with yeah. animals and dancing and sleeping and whatever just to have the focus on the animation. Yeah. The compromise between animation and story is gone in this. There is mm-hmm. no... No. Animation is the focus. Definitely. Um, and I think, you know, that exposes the animation a lot. And as beautiful as it can be, at times it does feel a little bit pointless. Like, like there's a section I'll talk about in a bit properly, but in um, section four uh, with the dinosaurs, with mm. the Rite of Spring, and honestly, the first, like, 15, 20 minutes is just, like, orange explosions. It's on just the, the volcano. Um, and I was so bored. Yeah, this is a problem. Like, the timings, they're just... Yeah, Yeah. I can understand why they're saying it's long and that it's slow and that it's not interesting most of the time. Because if you cut it down, it would be more interesting. It could have been half the length and I probably would have enjoyed it more. Or released Um, as separate, like shorts. Yeah, it would have been so much nicer. As a series of shorts. I'll do it now before films. I think it will be received in the same way that we love things like I love the I love you and the umbrella one. And like they've become iconic shorts. Mm -hmm. If you were to put them all together, they all blend together and you kind of forget. So I think it would be nicer i think it'd be quite nice if disney released them on disney yeah. plus as like fantasia shorts that would be quite nice i think that would change people's views of Perception it, of it yeah. separately because it is an ordeal having to like set two hours aside and sit down for it when you know it's not an actual film with a plot so yeah so yeah so overall it's held in very um high esteem high regard um obviously we were just saying like it did really well at the box office um so yeah, it is very 
well regarded but yeah. people do have issues with it um as everyone does with you know all films but it seems to be specifically musicians um that yeah. do not appreciate it as much because the people that work in animation or appreciate animation seem to be really quite proud of this film they think it's groundbreaking it's revolutionary so yeah. it is interesting that there's a divide between those two different um yeah, that is interesting. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. So that then brings us on to Disney fun fact number two. Um, so as Walt Disney began developing Fantasia, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was on the verge of becoming a blockbuster because he started developing it in 1937. Um, Walt was always ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, developing it at the time that Snow White was being released. Um, and it was suggested that Dopey should play The Apprentice instead of Mickey. So if you haven't seen the film in a, in a long time or you've never seen it, there's a section, um, the third section is uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, um, where this is classic story of a sorcerer having an apprentice, ironically, mm. um, who tries to do some spells that then don't go very well. Yeah. Um, um, in the in Fantasia, it's Mickey who is the sorcerer's apprentice. It's really cute. It is. Um, but it was suggested that Dopey should play the apprentice instead of Mickey. But of course, as we now know, Walt decided on Mickey in the end, and I'm so glad that he did. Dopey would have been funny. Me too. Yeah, but not as iconic. No, I don't think it would have no. been as lovable. No. Um, as Mickey, it's just something, no. and because there's not a lot of normal humans in Fantasia. Yeah, either. it doesn't um, fit in the same way with the animation either. So yeah, I mean, I think it would have been nice. Um, but I, I prefer Mickey. Definitely. It would be interesting to see how that like, might have boosted Dopey's popularity. It could have been Dopey we see all over the parks. Like, oh God, if he'd have been in this, who knows? But um, also, fun True. fact relating to that. So the reason Walt eventually decided on having Mickey as a sorcerer's apprentice mm-hmm. was because he was having a massive decline in popularity. He was worried about Mickey oh. um, just not being a valued character anymore. And obviously, oh, wow. Walt created Mickey and wanted him to be essentially the face of disney yeah um so this is why they reanimated him as well this is why in the sorcerer's apprentice you see extra details so his nose has been changed he's got pupils which he didn't have Ah. before you can see the progression from steamboat willie um to sorcerer's apprentice and the animations jumps quite a lot and it's because they put so much effort into making mickey stand out and hopefully gaining his popularity which as we know it did. that's really cool so yeah um, we love Mickey. <laughs> we Mickey fans. We are. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that moves us on to our second segment then. So this is where we're going to discuss our thoughts on the film for its time and then just generally overall. So I think this will be quite interesting. So, Katie, what do you think of the film for its time? So when it was released? Oh, I think, it again, it must have been a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And the idea that it's something completely different, completely new, um, something that again was escapism during the war, because it is quite escapist, this one, I think, because it is very yeah. fantastical. Um, the music is stunning. Like the yeah. bit. I also love how they've filmed the orchestra um, mm. for the time period as well, because that must have been to mic all of these instruments and film them at the same time at that point in time when technology wasn't as advanced as it is That's now. True, Even now. Yeah. Because obviously I come from like, a, like, I love musicals and I've like directed musicals and stuff and the band mics are always a pain mm. <laughs> um, because they have to kind of balance each other out. They have to be like, you know, everyone has their own headphones. Um, it's a, it takes ages yeah. to mic a band, um, let alone an orchestra the size of that. Um, yeah. So I think that is incredibly impressive that the sound quality throughout is as impressive as it is um, given the size of the orchestra yeah. and the complexity of the recording. Yeah, and that's amazing. Um Again, I think I think the animation jumps a bit. I think, you mm. know, the, the bit with Sorcerer and Mickey and the Sorcerer's Apprentice 
with all the water and the waves and the brush I think that was amazing that animation is fantastic definitely I think then when you look at things that are like the um was it the abstract one in segment one and the um like I say in segment four with all like the 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 volcano explosions the animation to me just felt rushed yeah um to be honest because it wasn't as detailed it was a lot more abstract which is probably what they're going for yeah but when you compare it to like the beauty of like the Sorcerer Mickey one, it's quite jarring. It's underwhelming, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you look at things like, you know, although it's creepy, segment eight, where you have like the, the massive villain one and all the mm. um, like weird spirits arising from the dead, it's really strange. It is. At least it's intricate, you know? Yeah. Whereas I feel like some of them just are missing out on that intricacy, which is, as we've said in, in episode two and episode six, that's what we've loved about... Yeah classic films is that the intricacy of the animation outweighs the current films because the modern films have that that intricacy and that um that detail still of course because technology's yeah. better but it's that's impressive because of that that's yeah. why yeah yeah exactly. and it feels like you know um that it's it's easier to do that mm-hmm. on a computer you've got the technology to support drawn. it rather than having yeah. to literally do everything by yeah. hand to start it up so I feel like Snow White and Pinocchio set that precedent and then and because in Snow White and Pinocchio apart from a few random moments it's upheld throughout it all whereas this one didn't yeah. feel like that um I did love the fact that you know even like the interaction between um Mickey so after the Sorcerer's Apprentice section we, we go back to the, the live orchestra um and we have a little section where um is it St- uh, Stokowski that's yeah. it um yeah. kind of his silhouette in touch with Mickey's silhouette and it's yeah, really, well, that was really nice. at the time yeah um, definitely so yeah I think again you know what as I've said with the last films I think it's creative for the time I think it's you know it's ambitious it's yeah. incredibly ambitious I love what they were doing with the blend of music and, and animation and trying to make classical musical classical music oh I can't say it, classical music relevant yes. um and interesting yeah. um and kind of trying to interest people in that genre of music because it is stunning um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um I think people must have been surprised when they went to see it I don't think that's what they expected Um, I forgot that it was like this I thought Mickey social Mickey was in it more I think I've seen Fantasmic in Florida and social Mickey tends to like command the whole thing in my head I kind of attached it to that so I was thinking it was Sorcerer and Mickey throughout the whole thing because I was a little bit disappointed yeah me that's too. more Sorcerer and Mickey um but yeah I think I'm going to leave that there for the time because I think for the yes. time it is incredible yeah um yeah how about you <laughs> I agree like again I think we always say this like when we consider the time it was produced in and released in it is always impressive because we've got to think about how long ago that actually was. And of course, it was recently the 80th, 80 year anniversary for Fantasia. Yes. We always time this very well. It's not even on purpose. We did. No, <laughs> um, we did this quite it, a lot. We did it for the Trump as well. Yeah. And Pinocchio, like, obviously, oh, yeah. they were very closely released. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well done us. But um, yeah, I do think we say every time that when we consider it for its time, it is very um, impressive. It is very creative. And I think especially with this one, because there was nothing like it at the time. This is what a lot of other reviews say, is that this was so unique and so original. No one had done anything like this. The whole combination of music and pictures wasn't something that happened. Um, So for that to have been made in 1940, to me, is actually extremely impressive. Like 80 years ago, you just think about the different technology that they had back then, the lack of technology that they had back then. Like, I think it's insane to think that they managed to produce something like this, albeit strange and 
<laughs> maybe they were differently creatively inclined maybe um, not to our taste yeah but we can appreciate it and of course their choice of music is excellent um you of can't course. fault the music it's it's beautiful and like you music. were saying the nutcracker music I love it. There's something about yeah. that music that just makes me so like happy, and it's just very. It's nostalgic. funny because when you actually listen to the um, the um, Stowinski again in it, and he mm. introduces the Nutcracker, and he says actually Tchaikovsky wasn't that impressed with. Yeah, me. he he didn't think it was one of his best pieces. Yeah, I was like, well, someone proved you wrong. I know it's like that's one of the best pieces, if not the best musical piece. Yeah. I think in this film, I think it's yeah. excellent, and I also really love like how this film represents lots of different themes i think yeah. it's just like we were saying it's ambitious but i think it's ambitious not only because it's combining lots of different like things like music and pictures and obviously like some sort of story but it is also trying to represent lots of different themes like we've got the seasons we've got lots of different times yeah, going on true. the history of the earth with the there's a lot of, of the spring gender politics why can't i speak <laughs> gender politics throughout mm-hmm. it as well which is quite interesting yeah I, and i like that it's exploring so many different things like it's depicting mythical ancient greece and it's exploring different times of day and also at the end we've got like night versus day but dark versus light mm-hmm. so I, I think it's extremely ambitious to attempt to represent all of those different yeah things it must have taken seconds. so long yeah like so exactly. long to plan prep prepare record edit design like it must Definitely. have taken so long yeah um, that just reminded me though when we're talking there about themes i think another one kind of negative that i noticed mm-hmm. as a 21st century woman <laughs> if you watch the very beginning and all the musicians come in i got really excited when i saw two women walk in mm. really excited where did the women go straight to the harps yeah in the orchestra apart from the harp players mm-hmm. disappointing i know it's 1940 but i think it's something we should kind of call out is that it's it is very telling of the time, isn't it? Actually, it's a very I don't male know... dominated situation, this film. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know if you saw this, you probably did. At the start, as Disney Plus has yes. done quite a lot of films, it does come up with like a piece of text saying that like we appreciate that this isn't particularly good. Reflective of today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's reflective of the time. And they do kind of almost apologize for it, like, and they, they kind of show you what to expect, which is good because at least they aren't kind of just putting it on there and yeah. saying, like, this is okay. So they're acknowledging their they're not mistakes, but they're acknowledging, you know, the the flaws in these the issues things. that you'll find. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. Um which is a shame because I was like, I got so excited because I thought, oh, there's like female like orchestral players. Yeah. And I was like, oh, of course they're going to play the harp. Um, yeah. and they had they, they like walked in separately to all the men. It was just a bit like I know. Oh. it was like, yeah, separation was very evident. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame. So yeah, but like um for its time, I do think as well, it would have been an absolute experience because we're oh, used nice. to so many different kinds of experiences. Like that's true. We can go to loads of different shows, like gigs, like concerts. There's yeah. so many different things now that we can do for entertainment. But back then you were definitely a lot more limited. And yeah. you know, going to see a film, like going to the cinema was a huge, huge deal back then, just to see one film. So to see something like this that kind of gives you more value for money, I suppose, as well. It would True. have been extremely and kind of. It made classical music more accessible because yeah. I, I doubt like um, like concerts mm-hmm. at, at that level probably would not have been accessible across no. the country in America. No. Um, especially at this point in during the World War, it wouldn't have been something no. that would have been easily um, available. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. I think it probably again it it increased that um, awareness and appreciation for the, for art yeah. as well, which I'm always for. I'm always Definitely. up for that. <laughs> 
Um, and another thing, obviously bearing in mind the context of the World War, um, I think we said this for Snow White, how it was like a bit of a release for people, yeah. like something positive and happy for them to look yeah. at. This is a bit different because for me, it's like a sensory release. So when I was watching it, at some points, I would find myself closing my eyes. I mean, I wasn't in oh, yeah, sleep at some point, but it's yeah. sensory because it is so relaxing. Like yeah. the music is so relaxing. And then some of the animation is also relaxing. Like obviously the abstract shapes, I was a bit like, oh, this is a bit too much for the start of the film. Yeah. But you get to some of them, especially the ballet um, one, which I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. But that one I found extremely relaxing because it was almost like being at the ballet so that I was think the dance of hours wasn't it that's it that's the one um so I think that again would have been very relaxing and kind of soothing and would have taken people's minds off what was going on in the yeah. outside world and that's probably something they really needed even more back then true. so very true yeah um so yeah that's what I think for the time but then if we take into account just the film as a standalone not taking into account the time it was produced or released in what are your thoughts then I'll be honest, I feel really uncultured saying this. I found it so boring. Like, mm. it, and you know what? This is me, like, if, I'm not even somebody who has to, like, people, some people say, oh, like, that's such, like, a 21st century approach. You're going to be spoon-fed everything. Mm. No, no. I actually like ballets. So yeah. I recently went to, well, before lockdown, I say recently, I was like, nine <laughs> months ago, um, went to go and see The Red Shoes, um, which is, like, quite a classic ballet. Mm-hmm. Is that one of Tchaikovsky? I can't remember actually and um, probably not I probably made that up um but I I love a ballet and mm, I, 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 don't, I, do. I don't need dialogue mm. to enjoy something what I do need as we know from previous episodes is is deep interesting characters mm-hmm. and a plot and and yes. like a really exciting plot but mainly characters yeah I was actually chatting to one of my uh, my one of my very best friends uh Elspeth who I know is a regular listener so hi Elspeth um <laughs> she was saying about how like I love Brave and mm. she's not as big a fan of Brave as I am at all because she prefers plot of the character mm. interesting. Um, yeah it's interesting so she's like it makes sense as to why I like it more because Brave is much more character focused yeah um so for me the fact that this film lacks character development because it's just re- it's repeated separate segments yeah I struggled to keep entertained I'll be completely honest I skipped through stuff like I clicked through Honestly, because There's I was so bored. There's just not enough time as well to get to know the characters. Obviously, we no. know Mickey because we know Mickey. But, like, oh, everyone Mickey. else, I don't even know, like, their names. They do have names, but you yeah. have to heavily research them. And yeah. they're really abstract names as well, which fits the animation. But, you, like, to get to know characters, you need a long period of time with them. And that's what's missing from this. Yeah. And I think, you know what if I was studying at a university for like history of art or mm. um modern art it would be amazing yeah so I think that with this film you have to separate it between an appreciation for the art form and its um individuality and its mm-hmm. uniqueness from a film you would sit down because you want to watch it yeah um, I think they're two very separate things in this film mm-hmm. because I, I'll be completely honest I would never voluntarily put this film on again <laughs> no uh, I wouldn't either I just wouldn't no. But if I had to kind of sit and look and potentially analyse it mm-hmm. for whatever reason, maybe if it's like a uni assignment in the past yeah. or like for whatever reason, I think I'd really enjoy that with yeah. a different, with an analytical side of my brain yeah. on. I think it'd be really interesting. If I want to sit and chill out and watch a Disney movie, it's a no for me because I just, it's just, it's not, it's too long. Mm-hmm. It's way too long. It's too disjointed. Um, and it's not, 
you have to I felt like I was, I was just bored honestly which is ironic because mm. I felt like I had to concentrate more <laughs> to watch it yeah which you don't want when you're relaxing no. and kicking back and watching a film you want to be able to be fed a plot that engages yeah. you so that you're not having to literally because I actually I'll be honest I had to rewind um when I was watching yeah. this because I missed something and yeah, suddenly something had evolved and I was like what did I miss and I, I didn't even do anything like I must have shut my no. eyes or something and we were suddenly somewhere else and I was like yeah. oh so and yeah how many times have we talked about you know how important this is why Pixar is so fantastic yes. because of the emotional connection mm-hmm. oh yeah you don't have a chance to have an emotional no, connection film because not it's not about well. emotions it's no. about that's what I said before it's like which is fair, fair, fair enough it's a beautiful mm-hmm. film the music is stunning I love classical music yeah because um, classical music tells a story so that's why I love it mm. the problem is that when you have classical music like a ballet yeah. all of the music feeds into one another so if I had a two hour of the same characters and the same music score yeah I probably would have really appreciated it a lot more I agree it's so disjointed between all the different characters all the different stories all the different songs um so my my intellectual artistic brain really appreciated it yeah my casual film enjoyment side wanted to switch it off and put tangled on yeah <laughs> um, which is a shame and like I say you know I felt guilty because I, I I was like you know do you know what it's such an impressive piece of film mm. technically but it was just missing that emotional connection and I think you know what I I be honest I watched this in three sittings yeah Um, it's it's a long sit down like because I watched it all in one and I regretted that I was messaging Katie and I was really falling asleep I was like I can't (laughs) especially when you were waiting for like as I said I really was expecting Saucer and Mickey to be in it a lot more and then because he comes quite early on so after that I was like oh well what's the point (laughs) and it's a short segment as well because they are all different oh, yeah. lengths yeah um and his one is so short and you're like oh no that was the bit I was looking forward to so then I was thinking yeah. oh no what's next I was thinking I said to you Rosie didn't I I think it might be quite nice if you have like toddlers or kids it might be yeah. quite a nice thing to put on for them because mm. I think they, they the problem when you tend to put a full feature length films on for kids is they tend to lose interest yeah um whereas I think if you have them like different characters each time I think the kids might appreciate that because mm. in the dialogue Mm-hmm. Um, especially kids can't talk yet short <laughs> yeah, attention span nice. as well yeah. so um so I think kids might quite enjoy it to be fair mm-hmm. because it's um it's very sensory based and obviously yeah. kids are a lot more sensory based than adults so I yeah. think kids would enjoy it a lot more um mm-hmm. I, but it's not a it wouldn't be a hey what films we put on tonight let's watch Fantasia yeah it's not something it. to get excited about for a movie night it feels more like a work project yeah yeah it, yeah but it's ticking it, a lot of boxes mm-hmm. like you know when you write an essay for uni or like yeah. do you remember like in high school you'd have to write a story mm. and the story that you'd write at home in your free time would be a lot different to the story that you'd write in your yeah because you weren't ticking like towards a mark scheme yeah well yes yeah, I, I agree i agree yeah i don't know if you have anything else to add because i, th- I think we feel the same about this we film. do feel very uh, similar and i think the, what I would say though is I, I agree with you in this respect but what I'd say is I have to separate it completely so I see it as like a cultural piece and yeah. like an educational piece um of like the arts um That's because true. for me like it is quite 
nice to spend so much time listening to classical music because it's not yeah. something I would choose to do and I feel like I'm being educated in that respect when I know I the love story the platform it gives us I love, yeah. I love the platform it gives it um classical music yeah and the focus it gives and even the, definitely although it was annoying to watch like mm. I was like start the film even like the focus they give on people like prepping their instruments and yeah like that. like, that's nice what I mean it's it's educational as well for people that might not have seen what an orchestra looks like because we can't assume that everyone's seen yeah. all of these things it's it's kind of shows you how much work goes into films behind the scenes as well because obviously like you have music in the other films like Snow White and Pinocchio but you don't see it being produced or being played so I think it gives a bit more respect to that side of the film industry because it's so easy when people go to like if you you ever go and see Chicago um oh yes on the west end um or Broadway um they they have the band on stage Mm. and it's it's quite revolutionary because you don't normally get to see the band exactly have a fascination because music is seen to be quite like a high profile high brow like mm. um hobby yeah because obviously it's quite expensive to learn to play music yeah um, so I think we have a fascination as as, as humans with music and the way that mm. it's set up and that and with an orchestra so I think you're right I think it's 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 nice that people again back in the day as well accessibility mm. for that yeah is nice as well as today as well yeah, I think it's just nice that we're getting to see what a film like breaks down into because yeah. normally you can only really appreciate the animation and maybe the voice acting. You don't really think about everything else and all the production that goes into that. Yeah. Um, I have to obviously agree in the sense that I, I'll admit I was bored um, at times and I did nearly fall asleep. I might have been especially <laughs> tired when I was watching it. But there were some points where maybe it's just because it was too relaxing because, like I said, it is very relaxing. Yeah. Like The music's really nice. And also some of the colours, they're very soft that they use in the animation. So that yeah. alongside some classical music is nice and relaxing. So I think it is, it is good for kids to put them to sleep, mm. I would definitely say. But again, for kids, it's very educational because you've got all of these things that they'll be learning in school yeah. about the seasons, about time, the history of the earth, uh, things like myths, all of that kind of stuff may not be so tangible when kids are learning it in school but actually in a film like this they might be more interested in it because it's being shown in lots of different mediums yeah so again it's quite an educational piece I agree. um but yeah like you said like i would never pick this over any other disney film to be no. honest um, i, I think Snow White over this me too um it's just not and, and again like you were saying it's not because we're not you know and like we've not got the education no because like for this episode I did so much research because I I feel personally I don't know a lot about music Mm. and classical music so I made sure to research a lot of this before giving my opinion on it in case I wasn't thinking about things in the right way or giving it enough chance but having done my research and educated myself I, I can safely say that it's just not for me um but again like it's not because I've not been exposed to these sort of things like I used to go to the ballet with my grandparents at Christmas every year and that was something I really enjoyed to do so it's not that I don't love this sort of thing it's just that for a Disney film and a feature film it's not what I expect and it's not what I want necessarily yeah of course there'll be some people this is like their cup of tea this is exactly what they want in a film and that might be why this is some people's favorite films Mm. because it is it's, it's it's its own genre so yeah I think we agree though um yeah and I, I think you're right you know what we can separate as we always do an appreciation for the style of the film mm-hmm. while still um acknowledging that it wouldn't be a film that we choose to watch yeah 
Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. That moves us on to mm -hmm. our third fun fact. I always get impressed when we get to, like, the third one. I know. Um, <laughs> it feels so fast. So, as if to highlight the artistic peak to which Mickey had ascended, Fantasia's gala premiere was held at the theatre formerly known as The Colony, where 12 years ago, almost to the day, the mouse had made his debut in Steamboat Willie on November 18, 1928. Oh, wow. How nice is that? Is the details with Disney it's always yeah. details they plan everything in advance and there's so much thought into it and yeah. again that just highlights how much Walt wanted to put Mickey in in the yeah um what's the word I can't the even spotlight. think of the word spotlight thank you <laughs> <laughs> in the spotlight um so yeah again I think that's a nice touch very Disney yeah. so speaking of Mickey because I have a feeling I know what's coming <laughs> yes um, what was your favourite segment in the film? Um, so I've got two. Obviously, The Sorcerer's Apprentice is of my favourite. Um, I just think it's not even just Mickey. So if we take Mickey out of it, I think we were saying before, the animation in that seems Stunning. so much ahead of the rest of yeah. the film. And not yeah. only that, I just kept thinking how much ahead it was of Pinocchio. We could, we yeah. could see a development. And obviously, like you said, they were released in the same year. Yeah. So to see such a huge development in animation and progress in a company, I think that's incredible. Yeah, um, so true. I think the animation really struck me in that piece. But obviously the music, the, the score itself is oh, a wonderful beautiful. score as well. It's beautiful. It's um, that music that's like... Dun, 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 yeah. dun. And it's like become quite iconic now, that kind mm -hmm. of that, that music piece um, and yeah. with the rooms. It's just, it's it's the that is a scene I think where the music really comes alive. I was just about to say, for me, that music actually does tell a story. Yeah. The rest of them you have to make the story yourself or try and match it up with the animation. But I feel yeah. like you can kind of create a story in your head with that music on its own. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then obviously when you see the animation of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, it fits it so well. Like you've got yeah. the brooms broomsticks carrying the water in the bucket buckets and it's just so perfectly timed um and i love that because there is a story there's a story that sorcerer mickey was too ambitious and he was also too lazy <laughs> yeah that was what i thought when i finished that. i thought the moral of the story is don't be lazy yeah because he was like i know what i'll do i'll use magic to make my job easier and my life easier and it didn't go so well did it no, so it didn't. It that's didn't. a good Moral. And I think it's interesting that you say that because I'm fairly certain in the film it talk about the fact that um, The Sorcerer's Apprentice was a story that came before the music. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in most of the segments, the music came first. So mm. they're kind of trying to attach a story to the music. Yeah. Whereas I always think it, I mean, I'm currently listening to, plugging into the podcast, but hey ho. And <laughs> um, the podcast I'm listening to at the moment is called uh, Four Score. It's a Disney podcast um, where they interview um, Disney composers. So, and mm. they're like high profile ones as well. There's like, um, I listened to one this weekend, um, this week of um, Kristen, An Kristen Anderson and uh, mm. Bobby Lopez, um, who did Frozen and Frozen yeah. 2. Um, and Christoph Beck, who also did Frozen and Frozen 2, and he did Ant-Man and Ant-Man the Wasp as well. Um, and they talk about their process and how they kind of work with the music and, and the plot. And I think the best music always comes when it partners with the plot and isn't yeah, separate. And definitely. that's why I think the Sorcerer's Apprentice section is the best because the two work together. Yeah. Instead of kind of stick one on top of the other. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think it's just so iconic as well like obviously you have to put that aside when you're looking at it because you can't you can't really just consider how well it's done and developed over time that specific 
segment mm-hmm. as your only thought process for it being yeah. so good but it does have an Im- influence on yeah. how you perceive it because you see it like we were saying in disney parks it's so prevalent yeah and i think the fact that both of us the only part of this we remember before watching it was the yeah. sorcerer's apprentice <laughs> says a lot about what we thought yeah. this was about like i honestly thought it was gonna be an hour of sorcerer's apprentice yeah. like I, I didn't realize it was so short and the fact that, that such a short piece can have such an impact on us as well to the point yeah. where we know it's our favorite and we've got lots of things to say about it to me shows just how good it was and I kind yeah. of wonder if they'd have released that on its own I would love to have seen the reception an extended piece. version of that would be yeah, great I would love to have seen that because I think it would have done so well um because for me if you cut the rest out I don't mind at all no. I literally don't think I'd miss most of it no um so yeah, I think it's it's just a very creative piece like when, with all the water. And yeah, I think I everyone loves water. a bit of magic and Disney is magic. Yeah. So I think the whole sorcerer and wizardry element to it is just nice. Because it's what yeah. you expect from Disney. I think this is the other thing. When you go into a Disney film, that is what I'm expecting. Yeah. Something like that, a story like that. Not some random like uh, mythic Greece like stuff. Like I don't know what yeah. I was watching. I was like, this is interesting it's educational, but it's not Disney. Like, I don't see that proof as Disney. That it's not even about the lack of dialogue. It's it's about yeah. the strength of the story that's presented and how well that's communicated. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, that's probably the only segment... I'm just checking my own brain. That's probably the only segment that I actually, like, learned something from and thought, oh, yeah. the moral of the story is don't be lazy. <laughs> exactly, and, yeah. Whereas and the English... others, you don't really get that from it. finishes and you're like, oh, thank God that's over, what's next? Exactly, and I think because it's probably the least, no, it definitely is the least abstract piece of them all. Yeah. Makes it more tangible, and then you're a bit more solid about what's actually going on. Whereas with However, the rest... it's worth pointing out that it still is only animation and music. Yeah. It's just yeah. in the it's just the effectiveness of the communication and the blend yeah. between the two. Mm-hmm. But it's a perfect that's just match. most successful because the music matches the animation perfectly. Yeah. Which means the story is communicated even better. Yeah. And they don't try and do too much. I think that's, that's I'll yeah. be honest, I think that's where this film falls down a little bit for me mm-hmm. in terms of my connection with it is that it tries to do too much all the time. It's too ambitious. It could have done probably three of these segments and been yeah as impactful because the other one uh, which i'll briefly talk about that yeah is my other favorite is um dance of the hours that's so, my other oh that's so interesting, interesting. That i think i suppose like we both like ballet then that kind of makes that's sense that's true but i i don't know obviously i love animals as you guys know apologies i bring oh, up course. every time but, like i think it's so creative and i all yeah. i kept thinking when i was watching it was that actually i'd love to see a piece like that actually on stage and I think that proved to me that it was a successful story in the sense that you knew what was happening obviously you've got like the story being told you before it happens um, with the orchestra and everything but I think you can kind of gauge what's going on like the time is progressing throughout the day Uh, new animals come to signify that Um, I just think it's very creative and I like the choices of animals as well I thought that was very interesting well as well fun fact for you I realized as I was watching this if anyone has seen um Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas and um, the opening of that um film sees Daisy and Minnie having like a skate off and I see and there are two animals that are included in that hippos and crocodiles That's and they are nice. the same animation and the same style and you can kind of tell um as these Fantasia animals in um, Dance of the Hours so I thought it was really Aww. really cool how there's a link back and um, because 
Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas is like 2000. Yeah, so it the is. the fact that they've, they, they've linked back 60 years to Fantasia. That's really, really nice. Lovely. That's a nice nod. And again, yeah. it's very Disney, very Disney thing yeah. to do. So, oh, yeah, that's nice. And I think the score of Dance of the Hours is good as well. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, like, my favourite score is the Nutcracker Suite, definitely. Oh, God, yeah. But the animation in that is, like, the mushrooms are nice. Um, it's meaningless. That sounds really harsh. Yeah, but it, it is. It's, it's just to fill the space, fill the yeah. void, something to go with the music. That's what it is. It's just assisting, but it's not yeah. communicating the story. So I think in Dance of the Hours, the animation does go with the music and I think it does communicate a story, albeit not the most interesting story. <laughs> it's still a story. You've got a beginning yeah. and end as you do to a day. So I think that's my second favorite piece. And if I'm honest, like the rest of them, I could have done without them all. I, there's bits to appreciate in all of them. And I did yeah. think the Rite of Spring, I thought that was very educational and I did like how it represented time and evolution. I thought that was cool. But I also just think... I, I didn't need it like it wasn't yeah groundbreaking or anything so so yeah my favorite is obviously the sorcerer's apprentice yeah um but yeah so i'm guessing you're on the same wavelength. yeah i mean the sorcerer's apprentice bit is definitely my favorite mm-hmm. i think you know even if you ignore mickey for a second the blend of magic the idea of like the i think i've mentioned before i love water i love yes. bodies of water um so i love the water use in that and, and the water animation in that section um mm-hmm. again there's a story there's a story to it and that makes a big difference um mm-hmm. but I, we've already talked about that so I'll swiftly move past <laughs> that one uh, I also love Dance of the Hours but I think the reason I loved it is the animation in that I thought was beautiful mm-hmm. I thought the fact that they managed to make the hippos so basically in this segment there's like hippos and elephants at some point as well elephants and crocodiles, crocodiles and something else oh ostriches that's what it gets yes. off with yeah um, are all like taking part in this ballet and it's beautiful mm. but what I loved was the hippos were animated to be so graceful and yeah so, delicate like, and mm-hmm. everything you would not associate with a hippo so or I thought an elephant that, yeah yeah so the, the the talent for me in the animation in that was was incredible like the way yeah. they landed from their jumps and mm-hmm. turned and that for me was so clever it was seamless. and again it's those details that I think make it so special yeah. um because again it's like that magic it's character and that's mm. what I love um so yeah I love that one that one was really, really clever and because it had the nod to um the twice kind of Christmas, which I love yeah um I also like I mean you know with the Nutcracker again I love the music I think yeah. it's beautiful and I, I I love the animation of the little you know the little fairies and stuff like it's cute uh but again like it didn't kind of I couldn't tell you what was happening in any no. of the other segments. Um, I wasn't a fan of the first one, the abstract one. No. Um, Rise of Spring. Do you know what I find about this whole film? I don't understand how it was a kids' film because it was so aggressive. The mm-hmm. amount of like <laughs> me and Rosemary laughing. There's a lot of naked nym- like nymphs and fairies in this. Yeah. Whereas like full on like boobs and bums are out. Yeah. Like they're not subtle at all. At all. And there's even no. like bits of like you know ladies downstairs. Yes. Are like framed by lines. Like mm. it's weird. It um, is a bit much. So there's those, and then there was the um. There's also a bit weird because I think was it in the right of spring, maybe um where they're under the ocean. Mm. Um, some of those fish and plants honestly look like willies, and I couldn't unsee it. Oh, I didn't like, see honestly, that. <laughs> I was like, I can't unsee these plants. I might so have I been half asleep at that point. <laughs> there was just a lot of them, I think, that again didn't, you know. The Pastoral Symphony, that's Beethoven's piece, mm. that has like centaurs in it. 
beautiful and very inventive but yeah there was too much going on like it was yeah. about groups of people and I was like not to I'm not interested no um yeah same but it's it's brutal in the um I was thinking even in the, the Sorcerer's Apprentice one Mickey literally hacks the thing to pieces with an axe yeah does in right of spring that the T-Rex literally like murders That's... another dinosaur Horrible, and, but all of the shots of animation that you literally see like the dead thing lying there with its eyes, it's weird. Yeah, it is quite grim. Um, once you then you then also get to night on Bald Mountain, and there's like demons that are like climbing over each other and like being flung into the burning pits of hell, like it's mm-hmm. very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think my favorites to summarize because we're <laughs> running out of time on this segment. Um, to summarize, I think, yeah, Soldier's Apprentice and Dance of Hours because they're the ones with the clearer yep. story, yep. but I will say, I love the music in all of them the music yeah, the music's never you don't ever get let down by it it's just that i could listen to that without the images yeah that's all it is yeah, that, that's our next talking point but i feel like i probably covered that a little bit i feel like i'm happy with the way that they kind of the music works with the animation designed i think we, we've, we've touched on that i think the fact yeah that, i think we both agree that yeah i think if you look at something like the dance of hours and you look at um sorcerer's apprentice mm-hmm. the music and the action and the animation blend. Yeah. Whereas something like the Nutcracker, although the music is stunning, what's on screen, like, I love what you said before, Rosie, it's just filling time. It's filling it the is. screen. Yeah. Which is, 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 is a sad way to put it, but I think it's an accurate way. But it's true. Um, yeah. It's the same with, obviously, the abstract one. Like, I, I get what they were doing. I get the concept yeah. behind it, and it's it's cool, and it's inventive and creative, but it just doesn't do anything. Like, I mean, I like the idea of when they in the intermission when they bring on I thought it was quite clever because the the master ceremony is like oh I found this special guest hanging around the studio yeah. it's the soundtrack I that love the cool. idea of bringing the soundtrack in as a character and realizing how important the soundtrack is to a film because listening to this uh four score uh, Disney's four score podcast mm-hmm. I, I love Disney music anyway as you all know but it's yeah. it's really emphasized it for me as, as to how much music contributes to a plot yeah um however it, it, again it went on too long I love the idea of like when a musical note happened like it showed it visually on screen but yeah. they could have done that three or four times and then left it it went on for 20 minutes <laughs> I think what it also shows is how important it is to have all these different mediums to create a story yeah you can't just have it with the animation because you need the music you need the sound yeah. to indicate what's going on you also just can't have the music because you need something to yeah visualize to carry you through what's going on and that's yeah. what the sorcerer's apprentice does so beautifully is it matches them yeah it intertwines them perfectly so you actually don't think of them as a separate element with all of the yeah, other pieces I, I was struggling not to be thinking i was just listening to a classical um yeah. score and then just watching some random images so i think it just signifies how much goes into a film and yeah. then obviously these don't even have dialogue in them so you know it's just an impressive feat basically to create a feature-length film yeah. Um, but yes, of course, if you lack any of those elements, it doesn't work, as we've discovered in this film. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. And with that, we'll move on to Disney fun fact number four. Um, so for its general release and past restorations, Fantasia was cut to reduce its running time, but at two hours and six minutes, the film is still the longest animated feature the studio has ever made. It would have been even longer, but a ninth segment, Claire de Lune, 
was um, was nixed during production. The segment was later rescored and included in the comedy musical Make My Music. And, yeah, because they mention Claire de Lune, don't they? In it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if you listen to the Master of Ceremonies um, conversation, he does mention Claire de Lune yeah. and the and the, um, the moon. Um, and that would have been lovely because I know the Claire de Lune um, music is beautiful. Mm. But I couldn't have done another segment. I was just about, honestly, all I kept thinking was, thank goodness that they didn't include yeah. that. Like, I'm sure it would have been nice. I was way too done yeah. <laughs> to no. wait for something else. No, thank you. Not needed. It's funny, though, how they they, they recognised that it was too long, but they only cut one out. And that's I know, it's, like, interesting. Did you not think of maybe halving it? So it was a yeah. bit more interesting, but... <laughs> Apparently not. Clearly, Walt was like, no, we're putting all of these out there. People are going to have to take it. And it did yeah. well. So what, what can we say, really, to be fair? <laughs> so now we move on to our favourite oh, segment. Well, it's sometimes a struggle of a segment. It's also a bit sad. <laughs> we always sad. feel bad. Yeah. Um, and this is where we look forward to doing our favourite films because it'll be a very different story. It will. <laughs> um, so this is where we give our rating out of 10 for Fantasia. So just to recap, spoilers if you haven't listened to these episodes, <laughs> but still worth going back. Snow White, um, I gave it a 4.75 out of 10 and Katie gave it a 4.5. Yeah. I actually think that's very generous looking back now. I would probably change mine. Um, and I still stick with mine, actually, to be fair. I think mm, I'm still... You're I'm more confident in your choices. I'm always a bit... <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> and then Pinocchio, I gave it a 2.5. And you were harsh on Pinocchio, to be fair. <laughs> I was, and you gave it a 3 out of 10. So yeah. that's kind of the bar that we've set so far so this is number three and i actually quite love the fact you're going first um (laughs) so what are your overall thoughts on the film and what would you give it i think it's a pretty creative from an analytical intellectual point of view it's a stunning film it's very clever it's very brave um as i've said before you know i think it's it's revolutionary i love how it aims to Put the focus on music because music is so often overlooked in the arts um it's always seen as something that's actually supporting instead of being something that's actually integral and um, yeah. so I, I love that focus um i love lots of the different segments as i've mentioned in the um just the music in general is gorgeous however i honestly would never choose to watch this film again <laughs> for pure casual leisure based stuff mm. so mm-hmm. unfortunately for that reason because you have to just be honest do you know what if I was an academic and I was doing it for like an analysis of you know medium and genre and stuff yeah it'd be a much much higher score mm-hmm. as a Disney fan just looking for Disney film to watch would I watch this again no so it's gonna be a two <laughs> I'm not even sorry I... <laughs> I just think if Walt was here he would... That's what I keep thinking. I think he I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Walt. <laughs> I think he'd understand though, because I think like, yeah. we've talked in the past about how like Walt always talked about you know how important it was to emotionally connect with the story. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, the fact that we can appreciate that what he did was explorative, ex- exploratory. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, innovative, creative, mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's something that you can watch and appreciate for what it is. Yeah, and not want to ever watch it again. So Walt. I appreciate it. Don't want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm on the same page as you probably guessed yeah. because we basically <laughs> said the same thing yeah. throughout. Um, I do appreciate it like as an individual thing, as a piece of art, I guess. I would never see it as a film. It's it to me that's yeah. not a film. As a I'm, piece of art history, yeah. it's iconic. Yeah, definitely. As a film, it's questionable. It's it is just boring 
It is like <laughs> there's no other way to put it. Honestly, I know that's a bit blunt, but it it is boring. And I'm gonna I... put that on our um <laughs> artwork. And honestly. <laughs> I am quite good with attention. I will give things my full attention. Yeah. And and I was there like falling asleep. Well, I studied modern art. Um, <laughs> I studied at uni in my very in my, my first year of uni. Um, modernism in the arts. Mm. Um, and I literally actually studied right of spring. Actually, yes. one of the things I studied. Yeah. So it's not that you know, this is something that I should have loved, um, but didn't. No. So what I will say though, and actually I might, oh, do I change my score? Hmm. Oh. Yes, maybe. The one thing I will say is that I think it was very experimental and I I do just love the fact that they managed to nail some of the stories just by yeah. combining the music and the animation. And I'm obviously more of a fan of animation than I am music. That's where I lean towards yeah. with every film. And I can appreciate the animation, especially in Sorcerer's Apprentice. Um, and I'm just grateful that Sorcerer and Mickey was birthed from that this film true. thank you Walt for that because <laughs> I think we're all grateful for that at yeah. the very least so um it's hard I don't I think I'm gonna have to give it a two as well I was gonna yeah. do a 2.5 but I was like Pinocchio is better it is I and know that's, that's a big statement honestly that's not me taking things lightly like so yeah I think it's a two and I think it's just because we don't see it as a film so yeah. it's almost like That's we don't I mean. know where to fit we it. We were rating it. If I was writing a paper on this, completely different approach. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're not writing a paper on it. We're trying to sit and enjoy a film, and unfortunately, yeah. you you can't. It's just boring. <laughs> yeah. I think it's almost in its own lane, and to the point where it's actually hard to compare it to other Disney films. But, yeah, like it's so genre and stuff like that, isn't it? Like it doesn't. It, yeah. Yeah. It's you can't compare it to other Disney films because it's completely different. No. However, that doesn't mean we don't appreciate all the effort yeah. that went into the film and how experimental it was, because it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, yes. And the fact that it's a beautiful film. I mean, how many it times, is. you know, like, I, I go to an art gallery and I think that's a beautiful art painting, and then I move on. Exactly. And you I know? think we both would agree that I would rather this was released as shorts and I could dip yeah. in and out and I'd pick the ones I'd watch. Yeah. And I, I just think... I know it was successful, but I actually think Sources of Apprentice as a short on its own would have hit differently. I yeah, really I do think that would have happened. So I agree. And I think maybe seeing like more shorts of I think that might have led to more Sorcerer and Mickey shorts. Yes. Um, oh, and the other thing I was gonna say, yeah, I think if you look at this as a piece of art, as mm-hmm. an artwork, you get a very different experience if you think of it as a film. Definitely. Um, definitely. And I think obviously we'll be doing Fantasia 2000 because the film does have a sequel it does um, so which we'll be doing in the future probably quite far in the future far along (laughs) um but it'll be interesting when we kind of look at that and see how that has changed obviously they brought new technology to the same concept yeah so interesting to see how we how we do that um yeah yeah well two's all around then apologies if it's your favorite film um I'm sure we've maybe disappointed you but you know everyone Hopefully has to understand opinions. why I yes. think that's the thing like when I, like Elspeth <laughs> my friend I was saying before messaged me and be like oh my god what are you talking about but it's but then she's like okay fair because it's like yeah. people have different appreciation for different things yeah. and I think hopefully even if it's your favorite film you can understand that we appreciate the film without loving the film yeah it's not it's just not for us 
So yes, on that note, then thank you very much for listening. If you've made it all the way through our rambles <laughs> about this interesting film, and if you've enjoyed, then please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or follow us on Podbean, or do all of them if you're so inclined. Yeah, we appreciate all of it. <laughs> and if you've been listening for a while, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review. Um, and thank you so much to all of the wonderful listeners who've already done this. As we said before, it really helps us um, in terms of where we appear in things like searches and things like that. And it means yeah. That people are able to access us that maybe wouldn't have done before so yeah please do that if you if you'd like to and as we said it really makes our day so that's great um yeah. and if you've got any disney loving friends please make sure to pass us on to them um and to our wonderful community yeah uh, and so don't forget to follow along with our instagram we apologize we've been very quiet over the last two weeks uh the reason this podcast is also a little bit later than, the, than it should be i'm in the middle of getting a new job and moving um house so we've been a little bit all over the place i think with yes. um so again the third podcast episode in a row i'm making a public <laughs> apology to Rosie. <laughs> Um, oh no i've definitely delayed this one but um we will be picking that instagram up again in time for christmas yes um so definitely follow along there for latest adventures throwbacks or whatever we can post in this lockdown time yes um, we also quite we also post like preview snippets sometimes on there of the mm-hmm. episodes as well um so definitely keep an eye on that i'm so excited because our next episode is going to be our christmas special i can't wait which we're so excited for um so we're going to decide how we're going to do it but it's gonna be like christmas songs christmas films mix mm. of everything um yeah because I, I my like traditions are very disney focused when it comes to films at christmas so i'm yeah. excited mine too plan that yeah um so we look forward to kind of getting you in the mood for the festive spirit. We're trying to, we're going to release that probably like a week and a half before Christmas, so you'll have some time to listen as you kind of make mince pies and gingerbread yeah. houses and decorate the tree. Listen presents. to all rumbling yeah. voices. <laughs> um, <laughs> and finally, if you have any inquiries, uh, inquiries, inquiries, <laughs> I'm, I make queries and inqu- oh, for goodness sake, any inquiries or suggestions, for episode ideas, because we would love to hear them. And obviously, we have so many ideas ourselves, but you can never have too many ideas for episodes yes. so we'd love to hear from you if you want to feature as a guest let us know mm-hmm. um and so just feel free to email us at um, a sprinkle of pics no that's your instagram, that's my instagram. <laughs> our email address is a sprinkle of disney podcast at gmail.com we've been a sprinkle of disney have a magical rest of your day bye